You want to feel old? Iowa football has made their first offer to a class of 2026 in-state prospect. We'll talk about that football, a little recruiting, and Iowa Hoops gets ready for Wisconsin tonight. A big one in the Big Ten today on Locked On Hawkeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome in. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. Well, taking a look already at the FanDuel lines, Iowa taking on Wisconsin. We're going to talk about that. A big breakdown of what's going to happen coming up this evening as Iowa makes their way to Madison. In fact, got out early after practice on Tuesday. They made their over their way over to Madison early and trying to beat the storm over there. We'll see about coming back uh, what that's going to look like for the Hawkeye team. Of course, Iowa women's basketball, a top 10 showdown on Tuesday night against Maryland. It did not go very well. We'll touch on that a little bit later on. But what to kick things off here with some football talk. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Hey, also out there, want to thank everybody that has been hitting that subscribe button on YouTube. Just takes a moment, helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans, get those numbers out there. We're we're shooting for a number. We're trying to get up to 2,000 by the time that we get to the NCAA tournament. Yes, we're going to be there, Hawkeye fans. Iowa men's hoops is going to be there. We know the women are going to be there as well. We want to get to that number. So hit the subscribe button. Just takes a moment and helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. So I want to kick things off here with a little football talk. And things have been a little bit slow after we got the 25 points per game edict that was handed down by Gary Barta. Need to get to seven wins. Not a high bar. Need to get to 25 points per game. Certainly not a very high bar, though. Something that... Iowa has struggled with over the last couple of seasons. And since then, there's hasn't been a ton. We've given our thoughts on it, you know, thinking about what this offense is going to look like. And I, I was going through, I saw Miami had made a new coaching hire uh, last week and they brought in a new offensive coordinator and you know, just thinking about what could have been, uh, what that scenario would have been if Iowa actually would have made the decision to go out and, and do the right thing, get rid of Brian, bring in somebody that's competent, of course, we're going through this, and I was going to be better this year, and I'm still excited about this team. I'm excited about the year. I think they are the prohibitive favorite to win the Big Ten West this year. I know Wisconsin did a ton. Uh, they brought in kind of that shiny new object, going out and getting Luke Fickle. I know the excitement is certainly going to be up there in Madison, a 21st century offense that they're going to be able to do. There's going to be some kind of transition period. I certainly believe there. Matt Rule, I think Nebraska got the right guy. I did not believe, believe that when they brought in Scott Frost. I was not concerned, as some Hawkeye fans were, about that hire. I think this time they did get it right, though. This is a guy that has built programs before. He's done a good job. He's a football guy, and I think he's going to fit in well in understanding what Nebraska needs to do to compete at this level in the Big Ten. And, of course, with the future, as we anticipate divisions are going to go away in 2024 with the additions of USC and UCLA to the conference at that point in time. So you just go through, you know, kind of these thought processes. And then, well, it caught my attention uh, the other evening as I was calling state wrestling last week. I was at the state wrestling tournament calling on radio, and I love wrestling. I'm a terrible wrestler growing up. 
love the sport. Grew up in a small town where wrestling was king. In my freshman year, we won state basketball. It still wasn't as big as wrestling. Osage is known as a wrestling community, and I think uh, people certainly know that. They won another uh, state championship this past weekend. Uh, I believe their fifth all-time and seemingly every single year, you know, they're up there, got guys competing in the state finals. But that aside, so as I'm calling it, and mostly I'm calling it the big school class. That's what I'm calling the 3A class uh, for wrestling in the three-class system that we have here in the state of Iowa. And it comes down to 195 pounds. And I've been calling these guys throughout the tournament and the run. And me being in central Iowa, that's where my concentration was. And I had an Ames kid, uh, Mikkel, who had just transferred in from Pennsylvania this year, made his way out. I believe he's training at the Sea Bull Academy up in Jefferson and, and transferred, and he's wrestling for Ames. And a guy that is built different for 195-pounder, but a freshman wrestling in the championship. And then now the other side, and this kid really caught my eye in the semifinal round, and it was Drayshawn Ross. So this young man is out there. He's wrestling the number two seed. He's the number three seed, and he's just putting on a takedown clinic. I mean, the size, the speed, the athleticism. Somebody had set up in the press box that he had just turned 15 a couple of weeks before the state wrestling tournament. So he's wrestling 195. He's long. He's strong. He certainly does not look like anybody that I remember at 15 years old. He is a physical specimen. Then he goes out Saturday night and wins a state championship. Well, he picked up an Iowa offer. Class of 2026. Yeah, that makes you feel just a little bit old, doesn't it? Class of 2026, Drayshon Ross, he has got an Iowa offer. Purdue uh, also offered then a day later. So this has a chance to be one of those big-time prospects. I mean, this has an opportunity to be maybe not at the level of a Caden Proctor, but something pretty dang close to that, a national recruit here in our state. Kirk Ferris doesn't offer guys very often. They're freshman year, but that was the case with Drayshon Young. He looks the part. I have not seen him play football. I have not had an opportunity yet to look at any tape from him on the football field. What I do know as an athlete and what I saw on the wrestling mat, that dude is a specimen. You know, what is he going to grow into? Heard football-wise, played outside linebacker. You know, they played a 215, 220, maybe in that range is what he was on the football field. How much bigger is this guy going to get? How much physically is he going to develop? He's 6'2", 6'3", all over already at this point in time, and how much bigger is he going to get? But that was just a crazy one. Guy just saw wrestling and then gets that offer here during his freshman campaign. But the other one, well, this one's a little bit more personal offer that was handed out the other night, and that is Brevin Dahl uh, from ADMA Dell. So uh, I've known the Dolls for well, basically my whole life. Uh, Shanlin, Brevin's mom, was a classmate of mine. Um, one of my best friends growing up, we, we had class together. I mean, all the way from kindergarten all the way through. So no, with Chandler, we we're friends in college, still friends to this day, you know, just lives uh, just up the road from us, like to hang out. Adam, a couple years older than us at Osage, he was an All-American basketball player at Simpson, six foot six. Brevin's not going to get to six six. Don't believe so. But you talk about an athlete. So he goes out as a freshman, wins the 400 as a freshman in class 3A. And he's continued. He is fast. But the other thing when you watch him play on the football field, yeah, he's got that track speed. And how's that translate? I, I know that conversation will continue, but watch him when he's out there on the football field. Yes, he's got that track speed. You see him just break away from guys all the time. He'll get the quarter and he is gone because he has that elite level speed. But the other part of Brevin's game that is just so fun to watch is he also brings physicality. He's not that prototypical, just track guy. 
he's a football player. And knowing the family, knowing Brevin for as long as I have, and, and just knowing what it meant to get that Iowa offer. Brevin Dahl already had offers from Kansas State, from Oklahoma State. When he got his first D1 offer, I believe it was from Army. You know, that was an exciting moment. But now getting this Iowa offer, it's big. You know, we grew up Hawkeye fans. That's most everybody in my hometown. That's what you grow up being. And getting that offer was special. The recruitment isn't over. I know that he did like Matt Campbell and the staff up there at Iowa State has not gotten a Cyclone offer yet. It's not a foregone conclusion, at least what I know right now about Brevin Dahl. A lot of people believe it'll happen sooner rather than later. I don't know any inside information on that. In fact, I, I haven't has asked the family about it yet. We'll see. Maybe we can break the announcement here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. How fun would that be if he becomes a Hawkeye, obviously? Uh, that'd be fun to do. But uh, congratulations and something that we don't do very often here on Lockdown Hawkeyes. But just having that close personal connection and knowing him since he's a little kid, a really, really cool moment for certainly the family and me just being a goofball, right? I just, I, wow, somebody that I know, my friend's kid. Just got an offer from Iowa for the football team. Just really, really cool moment there. So that's a little football recruiting for you. LaShawn's going to stop by a little bit later in the week. Former Hawkeye running back LaShawn Daniels will stop in here on Friday. We will talk some football with him as well and get you ready for the weekend in Iowa athletics. Baseball, a big one. Women's basketball still has game day coming, even with the loss here uh, the other night against Maryland. They're still going to be there for the Iowa-Indiana game, though a regular season crown's not on the line. And, of course, Iowa, Michigan State at Carver Hawkeye Arena Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Speaking of that basketball team, it's Wisconsin on deck next. We'll talk about that matchup against the Badgers as the Hawkeyes travel to Madison. What's it going to take to pull off the win? We'll do that as we roll through here. This is a Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now it's the perfect time to download FanDuel. America's number one sports book. New customers right now, you're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line, point scores, three-pointers, drain, NBA, all kinds of things going on as they get back into the swing of things. Of course, college basketball, Iowa tonight. They are a one-and-a-half-point favorite as we sit here and record here today against the Badgers. It's going to be a tight line. Over-under also is a little bit intrigued by the total in the game for Iowa, and it is sitting at 139-and-a-half, maybe leading towards... Oh, still not sure. Boy, it's a, a road trip to Wisconsin. You never know. It's going to be probably about the officiating crew is how we're going to have to figure that out. A plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays. So don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on help you learn more about what's happening in the FanDuel sports betting market make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA Trek kind of back with you again here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast thanks as always for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day and don't forget we got our new college basketball podcast it's very simple 
Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college hoops all in one spot. You can hear from all the big names out there. The coaches, the players, insiders, our experts on the Locked On Network. They have you covered with Locked On College Basketball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. So as we look at tonight and Iowa facing off against Wisconsin. Now, thinking back to the first time we saw these two teams meet back at Carver Hawkeye Arena in the early portions of the Big Ten slate, Iowa didn't play real well, but they were also playing that one without Chris Murray. Remember, that was the part of the injury, and you wondered, oh, how's this team going to respond? It was a winnable game. You know, Iowa had opportunity early on where they really could have put that thing away. Obviously, that didn't happen. So the Hawkeyes then come late, come back late in the game, force overtime, down, what was it, six points with a minute to go, four points with a minute to go, something like that. Had that little mini run after Wisconsin had gained control and ultimately got out to a good lead in overtime, and it was the Badgers who got it done. I mean, this, this equation is very simple here. You slow down Tyler Wall, you're going to win the game. I mean, that, that's been kind of the edict here with Wisconsin since Wall's come back from his injury. When he's been good, they've won for the most part outside of the game last week against Michigan. When he's been solid, they've won games. When he's not, well, they're losing. Sat out three games against Illinois, Michigan State, and Indiana. They were 0-3 without him on the floor. He's the difference maker. And here's the concern. Wall, nifty around the rim, good footwork, good size, you know, all those parts of it. Yeah, absolutely, that's a part for what you see out of Tyler Wall. But, but the other component here is what Iowa has inside. Philip Rabracha, I don't know if he's wearing down. I don't know if physically because they've had to put so much on his plate. I mean, think back. Philip Rabracha came into the year this summer. We heard some things about Riley Mould, that he was going to be at least a competent bench performer for them. And when he's come in, I haven't hated him. I mean, it hasn't been those minutes, he, oh, you know, where you're rolling your eyes. He can come in there for a couple minutes stretch and give you a breather. I haven't seen him much. Josh Gundelay, I don't know he's been dealing with the knee injury, but again, when he comes in there, not only does he provide just some kind of boost, there's something about him. Now, it's bigger at Carver, obviously. He's a fan favorite. He got the big guy out there, and he's rolling out there, and he's huffing and puffing up and down the floor, and he's taking up space, and he's doing some things, and does he get going a little bit too fast at times for his own body? Sure. But we love Big Jelly. Well, we're not getting anything. For all intents and purposes, not getting anything out of those guys. And Robracha at six foot nine, he should be a four, but he's playing the five. And he's doing it seemingly every minute of the game. I mean, every important minute, unless he's in foul trouble or they're trying to sneak a minute or two breather for him, he's out there every single time. And yeah, he's had double digit performances here over the last six games, but he just looks a little bit tired. Rebounding numbers have dwindled. Seven rebounds against Northwestern, two against Ohio State, eight against Minnesota, five against Purdue, two against Illinois. That's what he's still playing fine, but it's not at that apex that we saw during certain stretches earlier this season. I think it absolutely could be a case where he's worn down. And, And this late in the year, most everybody are hurting, right? The injuries are piling up. You got those strains. You got those pulls. You got a rolled ankle that you're dealing with. Maybe you had a hand injury or wrist throughout the course of the year. Things just add up. It doesn't matter the sport, but certainly playing Big Ten basketball, the way that the referees allow games to be played in this conference, 
you're going to be banged up at this time. I think it's time for Fran and company to really come up with a game plan. What we're going to do to steal a couple of minutes. You got to try to push that button again. And certainly against a guy like Wall. Because he can wear you out. And Robracha is so important to what they do. And we need him playing at his best. If I was going to hit that level. Now, if I was going to get to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, they're going to make a run of the Big Ten tournament. They're going to finish this thing off and go three and one down the stretch. If they're going to do those kind of things, they need Philip Robracha again playing at his best level. And I think you can do that by getting a couple minutes here and there with him off the floor. Get him in that 26, 28-minute range. Does that mean at times maybe you're going to have to play a little bit of Chris Murray at the five for a couple minutes here at a gundalay a little bit there and a little Mulvey? Sure, but do it. I just think he looks tired out there, and we need him playing his absolute best. Another reason, not only Chris Murray coming back in this game and not playing the first time out against Wisconsin, that gives you a little bit of excitement here, is also the backcourt. You go back to that time as they played that game, the backcourt of Ulysses and Perkins certainly has not played at the level that we've seen here recently for the Hawkeyes. At that point, it felt like they were almost trying to figure out exactly what they were. So you look at the box score again of that game, 78-75 was the final. So your starting lineup was Tony Perkins, McCaffrey, Rebracha, Patrick McCaffrey was in there, and DeSante Bowen. That's right. DeSante Bowen got the start in that game. This is also the time that Peyton Sanford was struggling mightily with his shot. He goes 0 for 7 from the floor, hit a couple of free throws. That was it. And I think for a while, wasn't that his only scoring like in the first three Big Ten games of the year, came to the free throw line or maybe had one bucket uh, field goal during the course of those first three games. But he was in the slump. So you had Sanford struggling. You had DeSante Bowen, who's now a non-factor out there starting. Josh Dix, he played 15 minutes of the game, but didn't give him a whole lot. Carter Kingsbury, that was his appearance that he came in there and hit a three-pointer in the game. But this is a much better team than they were at that point. They know their identity. They know what they are. Go out and do it. Yeah, Wisconsin, they've had our number. Look, that program over the last 25 years has ascended to really what Iowa used to be. That consistent winner, top half finishes every single year. They had that run of top four finishes. I don't like the way they did it. I don't like their style of play. Going back to, obviously, Bo Ryan and what that is morphed into, but... Maybe I'm jealous of their success. The Final Four, playing for a national championship, the number of Sweet 16s that they have, regular season titles, Big Ten tournament titles, and on and on and on. Maybe that's what it is. Just go out and win it. This is a winnable road game. And on top of it, what's the environment going to be like tonight? With this snowstorm or ice storm making its way through the upper Midwest, what's that going to be? Is it going to lead, you know, 10, 12,000 only in the building? That seat 16,000, that could be a real possibility too. We'll take that, right? As Hawkeye fans, how many times has it felt like we've been on the wrong side of things when it comes to weather, when we're going through a big basketball game coming up and, oh, here comes another storm. I'm sure Wisconsin's probably had their own there, but we don't need to give Bucky anything else. Go out, get it done, get the victory. Eight o'clock tip, BTN tonight, Iowa, Wisconsin. You do that, you got Sparty coming in. Watching Michigan State last night, you do wonder about also them. They had a nice win against Indiana, but all the emotion that they're going through, obviously the shooting on campus, their first time back playing in East Lansing since that one. They played on the road at Michigan over the weekend. 
you wonder mentally where they're going to be. Iowa had a great opportunity to win that game against Michigan State. It's kind of payback week here this week for the Hawkeyes. Get payback in these two games, and then we can get back and, and start to dream a little bit more about what this team can be. But it starts on the floor. Go up there. Go to Madison. Get the win. We'll talk about that and recap everything tomorrow. We got a little more recap coming your way here on Locked On Hawkeyes. It was a big week for Iowa women's basketball. They did not answer the bell against Maryland last night. We talk about the beatdown, what it means for Iowa women's hoop. That as we roll through here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Back with you one final time on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. If you're with us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Just takes a second. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. So, Iowa women last night against Maryland. Whew. I think got her ugly in a hurry. So, it's 22 apiece. Iowa got off to a nice start. Kind of felt like they were feeling their way in. Caitlin Clark, all right, they're going to be double, triple, quadruple teaming me at times. All right, it's going to be one of those games we're going to have to play off, and, and we're going to have to have other people step up and make some plays. It's 22 apiece, and then the wheels just completely fell off. I, wide open three after wide open three, not identifying shooters. Diamond Miller, she wasn't even doing anything in the first half. She was one that kept Iowa Bay in the second half. The game plan is very simple, and we're going to see teams that have the athleticism like Maryland, this is exactly the game plan against Caitlin Clark. You abuse her, you're physical with her, and then you double-team the crap out of her. It's a very simple game plan. Not everybody can do it. Well, not many teams can do it, as we've seen over the course of Caitlin Clark's career. But I kind of like the men's game against Northwestern over the weekend. We talked about just flush it, move on. Nothing good's going to come about it. And and here's the thing. I know everybody wanted it to be for the regular season title, right? Indiana coming into town, a little payback against the Hoosiers after what their ladies did against the Hawkeye women a couple of weeks back. I get all that. Well, that's off the table. The regular season crown will not happen now. Indiana has clinched the regular season crown. Even if Iowa beats Indiana on Sunday, it'll still be the Hoosiers. So what we have here is just an opportunity. Look, more than anything, I was still in good position to be a number two seed in the NCAA tournament. And they're kind of floating in that bottom half of the two range. What you want to do more than anything, though, is you just want to stay out of South Carolina's bracket. And it's very simple. Well, a win against the number two team in the country, a team in Indiana, by the way, that just got a number one vote this year over South Carolina, who's been struggling a little bit here as of late against some OK teams of the SEC. With that, there's a possibility. Stay away from them. Look at UConn. They're faltering right now. You look, there's some good teams in the SEC, but maybe not the same kind of depth. The Pac-12, that conference, super inconsistent, kind of year after year. They have some elite teams. Stanford's up there once again this year. Arizona, of course, had a good run a couple of years back, but just be in the right bracket. And you do that by beating Indiana. And then you go up to Minnesota, and that's where the Big Ten women's basketball tournament's going to be played this week. But Caitlin Clark, didn't have it. Here's the best thing, though, that comes out of this game. Yeah, you will go back to the film and you'll find things to correct in the defense. It just has to be better. I mean, there's no two ways about it. But Gabby Marshall getting going in the fashion that she has. Gabby Marshall, the last two years, have been one of the elite shooters in all of college basketball. She was playing that well. You're going to get open shots. And for whatever reason, they just weren't falling this year. Well, she got going in this game. And I think that's your takeaway because that Gabby Marshall 
who is an elite level defender, the best defender on the team, coupled with knocking down open shots, you really got something there. The old NBA 3 and D player, that's what you get with Gabby Marshall. She's got to hit the shots. Well, she did here last night. That's a good thing. Also, good news. Gabby Marshall, she's going to come back for a fifth season along with Kate Martin. Kate Martin kind of called that that lifeblood of the team, the heartbeat, the one that holds everybody accountable, the leader that you need on the floor. That is Kate Martin. She's going to come back. Gabby Marshall's going to come back. McKenna Warnock is not going to come back. She's off to dental school. Well, let's have McKenna finish off her career in a good note. Sunday is going to be awesome. Saturday is going to be awesome. Carver, place to be this weekend. The women with game day in town. The women's game day will be in town on Sunday. How cool that's going to be, that experience, seeing what kind of crowd they're going to get in there. Yes, it will not culminate with a regular season title, but a win against the number two ranked team in the country, it's a pretty sweet cherry on top before Big Ten tournament play and, of course, back for the first and second round of the NCAA tournament. And then this year, let's get to that second weekend. No losses to Creighton in the round of 32, right? Let's get it done. It was a rough night tonight. Flush it, move on. I think they're going to be okay. We'll be back with you tomorrow right after things wrap up with the Iowa-Wisconsin game. It'll be in your feed as we will break things down with an instant reaction on the men's side with Iowa-Wisconsin. Get the win. Get positivity back here. Let's flush the Northwestern loss and get back on a positive note. Friday, it will be a football Friday. LaShawn Daniels, former Hawkeye running back, is going to stop in. That's all coming up here later on in the week. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Our experts, Isaac Shade and Andy Patton, bringing everything you need to know on and off the floor. Plus, you can hear for the big names, the experts, the coaches, the players throughout the college basketball landscape. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Talk to you again tomorrow. Let's get a win. Take that bucky. Let's kick them. You know where. Get a win. Come back. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Hawks.